Hello, hello, hello. I hope folks can hear me. Um, we'll make sure that that happens. We are back um, with another um, Instagram live CD form um, with our special guest who I am about to add now. Um, Hey everybody, I hope you're good. Um yes, connection. Look at that. Howdy. Hello, can you hear me well? I can. I'm gonna put my earphones in too. Yeah, I thought this would be better. But I'm so bad that you are like, of course, Miss Pucks and Plenty is going to a fab and I'm just like little child. And then I just got out of bed, rolled out of bed at three in the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> Like I should have just, I should have. I love this. Yes, (laughs) (laughs) this is quarantine life for me. I'm like, chill. (laughs) Quarantine life for me has mostly been me and this one set of pajamas. Like that's that's how I know. That's how I know. I wake up in that set, and if I can get out of that set by the end of the day, I'm like, okay, I did something. But if I'm in that set, I'm in that set. That's it. Yes, I feel you. I understand. Yes, um, we are we're doing this thing again, which I'm excited to talk to mixed pucks a plenty. Um, I'm Danny Terrell. I am the curator for Central District Forum for Arts and Ideas. Um, this is our physical dis- distancing. I hate saying social distancing. It's just something about that. They're like, I want to be social with people, but right now we need to be physically distant. Um, so I hate using the word uh, social distancing. So that's why we use physical distancing um, and some intimate conversations. It is important for us at CD Forum to really talk to artists, makers, thinkers, doers about what they're going through in hopes that people understand that it hits black and brown communities a lot differently than it does non-black and brown communities. And also, I want to make sure that these artists get paid and not have to generate work for you all. Bam, that part. Um, (laughs) So how are you today? Today is better than most days. Mm, I had a, mm -hmm. I had, I had things that needed to get done today. So that's, that's helped, right? Like, I feel like my, my, my routine, well, all of our routines have kind of just been in the air and we don't really exactly i i don't really have uh there's no objectives mostly most of the time so i knew that my my main objective today was i have this thing with you at three o'clock you gotta (laughs) get to three and so everything was kind of built around this you know i have a thing that i'm committed to at three o'clock and that gave me like a sense of an additional sense of purpose um, cause right now I feel like mm. my sense of pers- purpose is just up in the air. I don't, I don't feel like I'm producing or like, I don't feel like I have things to show at the end of the day. Like, look, I did this right. today. It, besides like I slept, I ate, I took a shower and I made sure my kid read, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So this was actually uh, something that I could look forward to. Yay. Thank you. Um, I, I, I'm glad you said yes. Like this is this. I'm, I'm really excited. Like no one knows how excited I am. 
except for now I'm telling you all, but it isn't even sure how excited I am to talk to you. Um, the first time I was introduced to you was at one of our kitchen sessions, and I believe at Bellevue Art Museum. I think that was the one. Yeah. Um, and I was really blown away, seriously. Um, it was, it was seeing you perform and seeing, I don't even want to call it a performance. Like you just spoke to something deep inside of my heart. Um, and it really brought up a lot for me um, in a really beautiful way. And um, when we talk about burlesque and we talk about movement, um, and we talk about people exposing themselves in such an intimate way that burlesque dancers do, we don't talk about the heart and the soul and the story and the beauty that's behind your work. Um, why should we pay attention to burlesque? Burlesque is, at its core, political. It's always been political. It's always been poking, poking fun at the um, morals of whatever time period is coming through. Mm -hmm. um, most people that are in a femme-presenting body, you know, we don't have control over it. We don't have, you know, people are making policies and decisions for our bodies all the time. Uh, right. We're told we're too much. We're told we're not enough. We're, you know, all the time. And so being able to get on stage, um, for me, especially in a fat, black, queer, non-binary <laughs> body that is femme, every time, even if I'm doing something that's super classic and, you know, glamorous, it is a political statement because I right. shouldn't, according to society, be displaying myself in that way. And so it's mm -hmm. a giant F you every time. And I, right. I like that. Oh, it's, it's everything. Like I'm here for it. Yes. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm all here for it. Yes. Um, what does, what does your, your burlesque center around? Is it a particular thing? It's political. Um, do you create pieces that you're like, oh, this is the arc of my work and it's all centered around a theme or is it just like, hey, this is what I'm thinking about in the moment? When I first got started, um, every it was just like, I heard a song, I heard something, I saw something and it kind of sparked this genius or, you know, a show was looking for a particular thing and like, I can create something to kind of fit in that box. Mm -hmm. um, and as I've progressed, it's, I'm making pieces that speak to me more and more and more. I'm making things that may not fit a particular theme of a show, but this is what I want to um, want to give. A lot of my stuff here recently has been very emotional, um, mm -hmm. dealing with uh, separation from my husband and dealing with having a uh, special needs child, myself mm -hmm. dealing with my own mental health issues, um, feeling like I'm trapped in in a body that is like breaking down and betraying me. So there's all these different things. So a lot of my art is, can be really emotional. I do some really silly things and I, and that's just another facet of who I am. I love the silly, but I like, I like thinker pieces. Like, and I think right. something that we don't see a lot in burlesque, which I want to see more of is like after the show, like, talking to the cast and asking them like, what was the motivation behind this? Because sometimes people don't get it. I did a piece, yeah. you know, you do these pieces and people are just like, and, and then you showed your boobs at the end and you're like, 
yes, but this was also a piece about aging <laughs> and, the, you know, right, all this other right. stuff. And they were just like, you were super hot. You were fire. And you're like, yes, but this was also a piece about uh, colorism. And, you know, and exactly. so, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's really interesting to be able to uh, look at where I started and where I'm at and where I'm still going and realizing that, like, mm -hmm. I, it's always going to be political. It's never not going to be. And I right. get to choose. I get to choose how to how to give that message. Awesome. I um, I I I love what you just said, especially as a person who I love process, and that's why again I'm like super excited to talk to you, just to like talk about your process and and how you create and what you think about when you create, because that's the thing that I'm personally thinking about. It's like you see these beautiful bodies on stage and and I'm always like, why did you take off your clothes at that particular moment? <laughs> you know, it's not like take off your clothes. It's like, why did you make that choice? Why did you wait to that moment in this, you know, and so like to hear you and I think people need to understand that like it is a it is a thought out process. <laughs> it is a it is a way to to really get you to sit back and think. And I think for less is has made me confront some things about myself and my own body, uh, being in a, in, a, in a fat, queer, male-identified body, and those stereotypes. So I love um, watching burlesque dancers who not just are confident, but they're super thoughtful in what they do. And that's why it's just like, I'm just, I can go on about you because you just excite me. Um, anyway, <laughs> um, you are also a producer. Um, and I'm a bad host right now because I normally have my notes next to me, but I was on another live watching Getting Educated. So I know yeah. there's junk in the trunk. There's junk in the trunk. Um, it's something else I'm missing. I'm sorry, people. That's okay. So, um, I, so I produce uh, What the Funk and All People yes. Together Burlesque Festival. And that, so that's, my, that's the big show. I uh, co-produce it and I'm the founder of it. And then awesome. I uh, produce under the um, under the name Productions and do a lot of co-productions. We just recently did back in February an all people mm -hmm. of color burlesque tribute to Janet Jackson. Yes. So, um, yeah. I can't believe that was um, like... <laughs> right. Right. And so it's and, and let's just jump into the fact that it's like producing these shows. Um, and these are huge shows, and now we're at a standstill. <laughs> um, and what does that do for you emotionally, mentally, spiritually, physically? It, um, it feels like you're trying to hold water in your hands, mm -hmm. and you're trying, to, you're trying to hold as much of it. Uh, watching, like, basically, I got to watch in real time as gig after gig, show after show, festival after festival canceled. And I didn't mm -hmm. have to watch just my stuff. I watched everyone in this community yeah. across across the nation, across the globe who's involved in burlesque make decisions that they never thought they were going to have to make. Mm. Um, I think one of the hardest ones for me to uh, kind of just be like, it. I, there's nothing I can do was... I was uh, co-producing Fierce Queer Performing Arts Festival in Seattle. Um, it was going to be next month in May. And that was the hardest one. We had people mm. coming from all over the country for it. Mm. It was the first time this festival had ever been on the uh, West Coast. It's typically on the East Coast. 
and it, it was a big deal. We had, you know, it wasn't just burlesque, it was drag, it was singing, it was performance art, it was all this stuff. And like, we knew we were going to have to cancel. Mm. But like, it just, uh, like, just having to pull the plug on it was demoralizing, I think. Um, it's mm -hmm. postponed. It's not canceled, but like at the time, you know, you say, you know, you, we made these cancellation calls um, like late April, right? Uh, right. And the landscape has changed, it changes daily. So um, that's been really hard. And then venues, watching um, a lot of these venues that we work with, they're, you know, they're putting up fundraisers because they're not yes. sure uh, we just lost a, a venue. Copious Love and Ballard, um, they have decided, yeah, they have give, they're going to be giving up their physical space. So they'll still be, mm. they're still going to be around, but their physical mm. space is, mm -hmm. you know, closing. And that, that's, that's a huge blow. We had, I had a show scheduled there for the yeah. end of April and we were okay. actually bringing in Amani Sims for that show, oh. and, you know, all these things and the space is gone. Like it's gone, mm -hmm. you know, and that's that's those are the hard parts as a producer and it, right. it affects me that's my nine to five has been producing and making these shows happen and paying paying marginalized performers and right now right. i feel like my hands are tied i can't help anyone i can't can't save anyone i mm -hmm. feel like i i'm put in positions of leadership a lot and right now i don't feel like i'm being an effective leader because i can't rescue everyone from the sinking ship Mm-hmm. What are you scary. in this? Yes, it's extremely scary. What are you, and thank you for sharing. Thank you for being so open with that. I do appreciate that. Um, are there ways that you are, are taking care of yourself? Um, and then that's kind of like a blanket statement because everyone says that, but what are ways that, that you are, you are giving yourself love? Because um, it, it sounds like you're a caregiver and, and, and you want to make sure people are okay, but what are ways that you're making sure yourself and your child, that you two are okay? Um, we've been, I mean, thank God for Disney Plus, you know, <laughs> with a little kid right now. Uh, that's been really, like, that's, you know, being able to show him movies that I liked as a kid, yeah. that has been helpful. Uh, mm -hmm. My son is, uh, he's autistic and mm. he, the things that he's really into, he's really into. So I am finding myself kind of doing a little bit more research into like his hobby. So when he asks me a question, I can actually engage in a conversation that I am, that I know what's going on. And I feel like right. that's a good service to him. And that's a good service to me as opposed to feeling like mm -hmm. I'm phoning in and as a parent. Um, right. And, and then in, in terms of taking care of myself, you know, DoorDash is a beautiful thing. Uber Eats is a beautiful thing <laughs> yes. sometimes. Yes. And like my self-care, you know, every once in a while I have to, I break down and I splurge on some sushi, you know, and mm -hmm. I listen to, listen to the music I like. I eat the food that I like and I go take a hot shower, you know, mm -hmm. and like it's baby steps to take care of yourself. And then, and right. then some of these virtual, and then having these virtual conversations with, with people, and just seeing people's faces and knowing that we're all going like the moment that we can all be together again in the same space 
mm-hmm. is going to be lit. And I am like, I'm trying to keep myself looking forward to that, like picking out my outfits right. for like when I get to see people again. Right. You know, <laughs> right. Great. Right. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, how and the the loss of gigs um, with burlesque performers and, and artists and um, not being able to produce the shows. What are other ways that that this lockdown has affected the burlesque world, in particular burlesque performers of color um, with a bunch of different other intersections? I, it, I mean, it definitely feels like, um, like we're, I'm seeing kind of this, we're seeing people trying to figure out, helping each other through filling out unemployment applications. Like, I feel like the POC and, and uh, community, uh, burlesque community, like we are helping each other fill out those, mm. those applications for stuff. We're sharing the different um, artist funds with each other. I feel like we're doing a lot more check-ins on each other you know we're really just mm-hmm. trying to like be there in terms of like how it's affected the community it's just like we just want to want to perform we want to work and we're already like not on as many stages as our white counterparts um and exactly. I, mean, I, think, I mean i think it it definitely this was definitely the great equalizer out the gate though in terms of like no, none of you get stage time but, right. you know, um, in terms of, like, our fan bases and stuff like that, you know, a lot of our white counterparts are able to really lean on their fan, the, that cultivated fan base. And, you know, they have that giant mailing list and all of that. So right. they're able to kind of get get that out there. And, that you know, they're, they've, they're on OnlyFans or they're on, on, you know, they have a Patreon, all of that. So, um I think that we're seeing, we're going to see the gap between the haves and the have nots in the burlesque community. Exactly. It's going to be even more stark when we come out the other side of this. And it'll be very interesting to see how that, how that plays out. Right. Thank you for sharing. Thank you everyone who's joining us. We're talking to Ms. Plucks Plenty um, about how this is affecting burlesque artists of color on the, um, stay safe, stay at home, um, this physical distancing. Um, what, what is your, what can you charge us with as people watching this and knowing that like, I'm CD Forum, we talk about black people. I'm trying to be so POC. Let me just talk about what we talk about here. When, you, when we're talking about black burlesque performers, what is your charge to make sure that our black burlesque performers still get the love and respect that, that they deserve? And it's it's a slow climb, and I, I noticed that, again, being introduced to burlesque later on um, and, and being absolutely in love with burlesque performers at this point in time because of what you all do um, outside of the job and how you all may think. But what is your charge for people to rally behind Black burlesque performers to make sure that they continue to work and continue to get booked after this happens? What I'm asking is stay up on our Instagrams, um, like and love them. Find out if the, the, you know, these performers that you love, these Black performers you love, if they have a Patreon. Um, you know, please, a lot of us do. So you can donate yeah. five, 10 bucks a month ongoing, and that's going to help. 
you know, when you see the different shows and stuff like that, buy your ticket early. Don't be waiting to buy your ticket at the door, especially when we come back. Yes. This. Don't buy your, like, just buy your ticket early. It makes, makes me as a producer breathe a lot easier. But um, right. follow these people, like these people. If they have merch, buy their merch, rep their merch, please. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing brings me more joy than seeing someone wear a What the Funk t-shirt and I can pick it out and they're just doing their daily life and they're wearing the shirt. It makes me really happy. Um, can we get one of those t-shirts? Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, yes, please. They're all in my storage unit. Please take them all. Um, they, uh, I sell them on my Etsy store. Um, okay. which is uh, No Pucks Given. So if you type in No Pucks mm-hmm. Given on Etsy, but I'll also put it up on my uh, on my Instagram too. We have shirts there. I still have stickers from What the Funk, and I also have enamel pens from What the Funk still, and they have our uh, mascot on it, Miss Aphrodite, with her big old beautiful afro and her awesome. beautiful smile. Like, it's she's so gorgeous and so cute. And, like, I think, like, one of the things that was really great about, like, the logo is that she's black. She's so black and mm-hmm. beautiful and gorgeous. <laughs> and you're just like, this is so cute and so amazing. And it just brought people so much joy uh, to right. see her. And, and I just hope that when, as, as we continue to do this festival, that like, that when people see Aphrodite, they know they're going to, they're going to see something amazing that, that just becomes yes. synonymous with seeing really good burlesque. Awesome. Um, and, and it's something there's a few things. If you buy tickets to these shows and you can't go, just give them the money and don't ask for it back. Mm-hmm. Let's just talk. <laughs> you know, just just say, oh, I can't show up, but there's my donation to make sure that this keeps going. Um, at times you don't need, just, just know that you're doing a good thing. Um, what was I about to say? It was something else that you said that was really, um, that really struck me and I can't think of it right now. Um, I'm glad you're listening too. Can be dance. Thank you for listening. Um, yes. Um, okay. I'll get back to whatever that, but one thing that I was really surprised of, and I was so glad to see was the no rush challenge. Cause I've been posting all of those on my Facebook and I'm looking at the burlesque one. I was like, yes, I was like, yes, I saw you. Um, how were you approached about that? How did that even come into be? So the number one burlesque per- personality in like internationally right now is an amazing black performer, Jeez Louise. She actually runs a all black burlesque like show uh, festival that happens uh, called Jeezy's Juke Joint. It's a big deal, um, and she's in, she's the number one burlesque persona like in the world. Um, right. And if you actually go and look at her her Twitter right now, it says uh, number one unemployed burlesque performer in the world. Right hey. now, right? Because it's, <laughs> it's true. And so she's like, right. hey, I saw this challenge and I really want to do it with black burlesque. Send me your videos. And so, you know, I wake up at eight o'clock in the morning, stumble out of bed. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I got to like, make with the pretty. You do it. And, <laughs> like, and it was the first time I put on like the full face in like three right. weeks and it made me happy to do it I'm like oh i still got it yay you know you did the video <laughs> and that first video is like 30 something people and it, that didn't even scratch the surface she did another video with like another 30 people and that still doesn't scratch well, yeah. the surface of like black burlesque in like 
in the U.S., but like also right. internationally, because we everywhere. Um, yes. So right. So it was just really beautiful to be a part of that. And one of the things that really made me happy is the woman that you see right before me is Miss Twirlisha Divine, and she's actually mm. the current Grandmaster Funk of the What the Funk Burlesque Festival, and she's just mm. an amazing, phenomenal performer. And so we passed the glove to each other. It was very, very cool. But it was such a cool experience to just see that and like witness all of that, like just beauty and just right. blackness and glam and all of that. And just be like, I'm a part of something that's way bigger than me, way larger than me. And right. I get to, I get to play my, my part in that. And that's just, it's great. That's awesome. That was one of my favorites. Um, what are you looking outside of like getting back to work and and being able to get out of your house um as far as like producing shows and creating content what are you looking forward to once like it's the it's the all clear and we can be outside and start creating again if anything so one of the things that uh i have two things that and one of them i just don't think it depends on so many different variables but we do a queer prom as a fundraiser mm. for What the Funk, and we're supposed to have it June 13th. And right now, it's like we're, we're playing everything by ear, so it may not happen. And right. it's the largest, large, one of the larger fundraisers that we do uh, for mm -hmm. the event. And I'm, I'm hoping that we'll be able to reschedule it, you know, and we'll do it like maybe in the fall, and we'll just call it Queer Homecoming or something like that so we can, right. you know, it's, it's the big fundraiser. But the big thing that I have that... I'm pretty sure we'll be able to still do. It's in October and I'm really looking forward to it. We're doing a uh, queer, or we're doing a specific non-binary and trans burlesque showcase. So it'll be a two-day showcase in Seattle. Mm. And um, we've already reached out to our headliners for it. And we have some headliners from um, the Seattle area. And we're bringing in an amazing um, trans performer from Chicago. Her name is Crocodile Lightning. And so she'll awesome. be with us too. Mother Girth from Canada, who is an amazing non-binary performer. Uh, Sarah Barbaric is also one of our headliners for this amazing thing. And then Apollo Vidra from Seattle, also an amazing non-binary performer. And so it's going to be two days at Theater Off Jackson, uh, October yes. 10th. Yeah, October 9th and 10th. And it's a day before National Coming Out Day. Mm -hmm. So, which, I, yes, yes, that's true. So it'll be really nice. And I, I'm really looking forward to that. Like, that's, that's kind of the thing that I'm like, okay, if we can get to right. October, I have this. <laughs> and we can yes, make this yes. happen. Yes. And please send us a CD form that information. We would love to make yes. sure that we get it out there and support. Um, and those of you that are watching or watch this later, especially if you are a Black person, donate, give. If you have the means, donate and give. Um, and don't ask artists to produce content at this point in time. That is, that's strictly up to the artist. Um, allow artists to grieve, allow artists to get a sense of what normal is for them. Um, as you can hear, some artists are parents and they're taking care of their children. Um, and so I'm just, I'm just encouraging people to give to all forms of art. Um, and don't ask the artists to do anything. And I know I'm saying that when I'm asking artists to do things right now, but 
I think it's really important to hear from you all and in, in how this is affecting you all. Um, you mentioned your child, um, he's autistic. How has this shift been for him? Because we also don't talk about children. <laughs> no, I really hate the, um, that phrase of kids are resilient. I hate that mm -hmm. phrase. Um, mm -hmm. And like, it's just, no, kids, I mean, kids are resilient, but like what ends up happening is we have adults that later on, that this trauma that they suffered as a child comes up to manifest in the middle of an argument with their partner, mm -hmm. you know, on their 36th mm -hmm. birthday, right? Like mm -hmm. it's, it's not that like kids are resilient and the trauma just melts away off of them. It's just, they're small and so much mm -hmm. is happening that that trauma just gets pushed mm. down because there's stuff happening. We're growing, we're moving, we're constantly changing, right? And so it's just, I, it's always been really horrifying to me when people are just like, oh, kids are resilient. Like they'll get over it. It's fine. Like, no. No, <laughs> like, no. The mm. therapy bills determine that as a lie. <laughs> you know, right, like that's not right. 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 So my son, he has issues with um, regulating his mood and, mm -hmm. and like communicating his feelings and he gets frustrated really, really easily. It's really intense. And sometimes they, these, these outbursts can be very violent. Um, right. and we had, had finally started kind of turning the, turning the corner with that. We had gotten him diagnosed with autism. We had appointments set up. We had all these different things. Things were going well at school and then this happened. Right. And so it derails the process because no therapists are taking, you know, taking new clients everywhere exactly. on the list is everything's frozen um he seems to be kind of handling it very well and then like he doesn't like seeing masks on people's faces mm. it makes him sad and he's just like i don't want to live like i don't want to live in a place where people have to wear masks on their face um right. so he it was really upsetting for him and he started to cry the first time he saw that and um my son's biological father is he works in a pharmacy he's mm -hmm. an essential worker and uh, one of my partners um, is, a, is considered an essential worker and was going to work. And my son just really quietly was just sitting and playing with, playing with some toys. And he turned and he looked at me and he goes, if my dad's an essential worker and, you know, your friend is an essential worker, are they getting paid more for that? Mm. And, I said, and I'm like, not as much as they should. He goes, they should get paid more right. to do that. It's dangerous. And then went back to playing with what he was playing with. And I'm just like, a nine-year-old has a concept that these people that he cares about are putting right. themselves in danger and should be compensated for that. Yes. What the hell? Like, he knows. You know, it's, 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 I am right. blown away by, by how, like, dialed in he truly yes. is. Yes. Like, he gets it. And I know that, like, the trauma that these like the trauma that all these these kids right now are mm -hmm. processing later on is going to be really intense for the school and i already mm -hmm. told my son's school i'm like you gonna bring bring in more therapists when they come back to school because um, you gonna need it they gonna need it, gonna need it. <laughs> right, right. i'm like the parents are gonna need it and like it i am watching fully functional humans breaking down because they can't homeschool and do the job and worry about the stuff and they feel like they are 
letting themselves down. They're letting their kids down. Mm -hmm. And these people are mm -hmm. having meltdowns in their bathrooms mm -hmm. because they have to homeschool their kids. And people are just being like, you know, are being really like awful about it. I'm just like, yeah, no, like you didn't go to school to be a teacher. I didn't, I know I didn't go to school to be a teacher. Right. It is okay right. to have those feelings. And I am telling everyone that it is okay mm -hmm. to feel like, you don't know what the hell you're doing because we don't know what we're doing. None of us have ever right. been through a pandemic before. Exactly. We're not, we're not <laughs> yeah. built for that. So, right. you know, right. every day is, every day is a new challenge. And right. if all you can manage to do is teach your kid how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich today. So you don't have to do it. Victories. <laughs> take them. Right. Right. I think, you know, that's the, that's the other thing in this is like, I'm seeing that systems that we thought were working don't work or they can work in a different way. And even like how children can be educated is completely different now. Um, that maybe they don't need six to seven hours of school. Um, maybe they need two or three hours of school and some other activities and some other ways to get education. Um, and and maybe this is a way to equip parents with something else financially. Like, you know, it's like, oh, we need to, like, not just pay our educators and essential workers. We need to pay, like, our parents also who have to do, especially single parents and single mothers and single black mothers. Let me just get on down and break it on down. Um, mm -hmm. and, and the support around, especially I see, like, a lot of black women who have to work and also take care of their children that may not have a consistent partner there to help them. Um, I just, looking at the world differently, it's like we, we must rally around people that have less than, and I don't, less than is maybe not the right word, but that's the word I have right now. <laughs> um, it's, it's the access to resources, right? It's the, and thank you. Yes. I, you know, I, it's it sucks to think about like all of our different connections and things like that as resources, mm -hmm. but there everyone has potential resources that they can give. It's your time, right? Your time and right. your energy. And these are these are all I got right now is time. You know, that's what yeah. a lot of us got got is time. And right. like we have to we have to make sure that our most vulnerable um most vulnerable in our society are are protected during this so they can come we can all kind of come out of this the other side i think it's been exactly very eye-opening for a lot of folks who have uh, never really had to deal with uncertainty before or mm -hmm. feel uh powerless you know before and exactly. they're looking at marginalized folks like how how are you guys handling this so well and we're just like we've been put through some stuff before. I mean, I'm not sure if you've picked up a history book or not, but we've been through some stuff before. Right. And, um, right. you know, we're used to stuff being off the rails and not being fair and not being um, equitable. Um, we're used to that. And I think that like, it took a global pandemic mm -hmm. for people to, for some folks to actually take a look at the system and realize that the system is not right it's not right exactly yeah thank you for that um we are getting close to time because these conversations are real short but we try to get it all in 
Um, and I'm quite sure because this is just me, this will not be our last conversation. Um, because I feel like there's so much more you have to say, and I'm just like <laughs> wanting to just take it all in and listen. Um, again, black women are powerful um, because they hold so much, and I thank you for that. Um, two more questions. One question is, how um, can we directly support you? And I know we have it on like our Facebook page and our Instagram, but I want to hear from you. How can we directly support you financially or with other resources? So um, financially, definitely you can send money to my cash app. It's at Pucks Aplenty or uh, PayPal at productions at gmail.com. Uh, I also have a Patreon, which is under Mixed Pucks Aplenty. But mm-hmm. um, really, I, I would love for people to check out my Etsy store, buy some stuff, represent the merch. Um, and, you know, um, I'm, my production company is sponsor, fiscally sponsored by Shunpike. So if you need that tax write-off or anything like that, you can go to Shunpike and go to Productions, and you can donate directly through there. Because um, my real fear is that as a producer... Mm-hmm. there's me less less spaces available and I want to make sure that I can afford to um, continue to produce shows my shows tend to be um, very POC focused um, when mm-hmm. I'm producing producing solely um, and my 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 um, my cast tend to be uh, 50% POC or more so mm-hmm. I want to be able to continue to provide that space because as we know, there's a, you know, there's a few producers um, in our, in, in the Seattle area that are specifically geared towards POC, right? but not as many as there should be in terms of making sure that we're having uh, diversity in our shows. So yeah, if you send me yeah. money, I'm rolling part of it into productions to make sure that we can come back. And awesome. then the other part to make sure that I can feed my son and myself. Right. And uh, tell us your Etsy store one more time. Etsy store is no pucks, like hockey pucks, given. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, and please, um, as far as producing when we get back, um, seriously, let us know what we can do at CD Forum. Um, if there's ways that we can work out links and views for you, if we have the space. Um, um, definitely what you do is a service to us all and we want to make sure that again we are standing behind and making sure that we're supporting the artists in the ways that the artists want to be supported so I would say yes you're concerned about space but also CD Farm we are going to try our best to help you as much as we can so please let us know um, what we can do for that and anybody else that has access and resources to other things Please let Mix Pucks of Plenty know this so they can continue to do the work that they do. Um, it's healing work. It is. <laughs> like, it is. All, like, all stuff aside, like the work that you do and other burlesque performers do, what I'm, what I'm understanding for myself, it is healing work. So I am in gratitude to you and, and what you do and, and how you show up in the world. Um, thank you for that. Uh, my last question is what I ask everybody. What is your joy? I love performing. It brings mm. me so much joy to be on stage. I have been dancing since I was very, very little. One of my earliest memories was I was about like two or three years old and I turned on my mom's giant stereo system and it was <laughs> salt and peppers push it. 
and I was just going around the house saying, oh, mush it. <laughs> couldn't, couldn't do the peas yet. Yes. And um, that's been my existence is making people smile and, and laugh and, you know, and bringing them joy that way. But it brings me joy to, to entertain. This is another service to provide for people. I like, you know, yeah. I think in order to lead, we must serve. You know? Yeah, that one. Yep. That's that. We're going to end on that note. Because <laughs> that is like... <laughs> Boom. That should be your next shirt. <laughs> yep. Serve. Yes. Um, thank you for your time. Um, I don't know your son, but give your son some love from me, from someone who admires their parents so much. I will. Um, yes, and please make sure that you follow Mixed Pucks of Plenty and donate, donate, donate with nothing in return. Just give. Um, they are a mother, they are an artist, a producer, and they are trying to keep the ship going so we can be healed. So thank you for your time. Um, it was lovely to talk to you. More, 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 more of this will happen. And you have a great Saturday. You too. <laughs> bye. Bye. Love you. Yes. Okay. I'm excited. Okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs>